Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the Bricks in the Wall, the show that's here designed to help you destroy that metaphorical wall that's been created to keep us from the truth and our fullest potential. Today, guys, I have an amazing guest that I've been wanting to talk to for so long. I listened to his podcast for a couple years now. Uh, it's, it's weird because in this podcast game, you'll listen to a podcast and they'll have a guest and you're like, oh, this guy's great. And you go follow him. And by the time you know is you forget where you originally heard him. But I think I heard him on, I think, Sam Tripoli's Roundtable, I think. And then from there, I went to go check out his podcast. And just the intro alone, I'm going to play for y'all because it's beautiful. It's really captivating. Um, every time I hear the intro to that, to that show, when I'm at work, I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. A good episode. Here we go. So here, I'm going to play y'all the intro. And I'm going to use his intro, basically, to be like the scaffolding for this interview I'm going to have with this guy. His name is Justin Williams. Uh, he is an author, a podcaster, a round-around good guy. You know, he's just trying to put out what he's learned in a way that others can use it to enrich and better their lives. So here, this is the intro to his show called... To answer is human. To question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. That intro is beautiful. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the intro, man, the words you said before you played my trailer there. Um, that made me feel good, man. And not only does it make me feel good, it makes me feel as if I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, my, you know, my purpose, which I found a, a few years ago, man. So, so thank you so much. Well, let's get right into it. How did you find your purpose a few years ago? <laughs> wow. Uh, great question, my friend. Great question. So, um, I'll take you way back. I will take you way back to when I was a kid. So I, I came into this world, man, um, struggling, if you will, along with my mom. My mom, she had some serious issues during my during giving birth. I was damn near a 10-pound baby. Damn. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I, was, I was a big, big baby, man, really big. And she had some complications, you know, pushing me out. Mm -hmm. And the doctor made her do this movement where she put her knees to her chest and then told her to rock and so she began doing that mm -hmm. but unfortunately that burst her uterus so she started bleeding out oh and the God. doctor panicked and he had to call the the head um OBYN doctor in the in the hospital and uh so they they called that doctor they were able to slow down the bleeding but they imme immediately took me to pediatric ICU because I had some some trauma going on due to the uh due to the birth and, you know, my mom went into adult ICU and, you know, she had to get several blood transfusions. So I actually didn't meet my mom officially for about two weeks. Oh, God. After, yeah, after I was born. So as you said, oh, God, you can only imagine what type of effect that can have on a baby because, you know, obviously we, we come into this new environment and we're scared. And, you know, being that I was so close to my mom for nine months, I didn't get a chance to have that bonding right, right? Mm -hmm. that that babies need that is so essential so important when starting life for 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 a baby a child to have that bonding with 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 its mother so didn't see my mom for about two weeks and, and fast forward a few years i'm a young kid and you know i have i have my father i live with both of my parents i grew up in the metro detroit area and uh, my father he had some issues of his own that uh he he never resolved well he, he did eventually wound up uh wind up resolving them uh shortly before he passed all passed on but uh 
he was a Marine. He went to the Marines when he was 16 in the 50s, had to deal with a lot of racism in the South being in the Marines. And this was, you know, new to him. He had never dealt with that. So he built up a lot of negative energy around that. He started drinking, you know, at like 17, uh, was became an alcoholic and, um, you know, basically essentially abused mm-hmm. uh, myself, my brother and my mom. It was a lot of uh, physical abuse. I mean, he literally used to whip, whip our ass, you know, like literally. Mm-hmm. And then it was a lot of uh, psychological verbal abuse as well. And that was the hardest abuse to deal with because the, the scars and wounds, bruises would heal. But that psychological thing, you know, that, that stays with you, man. Right, right. And, um, you know, because of this, because of his controlling nature and, you know, his mantra was always childish as be seen and not heard and all this very controlling abuse that caused me to grow up as an introvert. That caused me not knowing how to set boundaries with people and not knowing how to properly communicate, mm. you know. So as I grew older into, you know, uh, elementary, middle and high school and even into my adult life, because of the, the abuse that I encountered at the hands of my father, that caused issues in relationships with, you know, other people, you know, family members and friends and girlfriends and even even myself, you know, and uh, that really affected me. So I lived this life for such a long time where, you know, I was just I lived in fear, you know, because I feared my father, you know, and, and I began fearing a lot of different things, you know, so I lived this life. It was almost as if I was, you know, imprisoned in my own body and I couldn't express myself. I didn't know how to spe- express myself. I didn't know how to do any um, critical thinking or think for myself because my father would would always do that, you know. So, you know, fast forward to 2020. By this time, you know, it's 2020. I, I'm married. You know, in fact, my wife and I, we, we celebrated our 16-year wedding anniversary this year. You know, wow. I have three ch- beautiful children as well. And, you know, 2020 swoops around. And here I am, like the rest of the world, sitting at home due to the events of, of 2020. And uh, a good friend of mine, he directed me or suggested that I begin meditating. And, in fact, he sent me this meditation called the gateway experience. I'm not sure if you or your listeners are familiar with that, but the gateway experience meditation is a meditation that was developed by a guy by the name of Robert Monroe in the 1970s. Oh, this is the guy with the Monroe Institute? You got it. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. So I started doing his meditations and, um, that really opened me up, man, because what meditation does, that opens up your, your mind's eye, also known as the third eye. Mm -hmm. So essentially that allows you to, pull the veil, if you will, to see truth, you know, what's going on in in individuals and situations as well as the spiritual world. So I began having all these cool experiences, man, like these out-of-body experiences and, um, you know, uh, you know, clairvoyance type Mm. of abilities and all these cool things. And uh, it was just amazing, man. And, you know, right around August of 2020, you know, the spirit spoke to me and, and, told me to go skydiving and I'm, you know, I'm not going skydiving. I don't, I don't do that. I wouldn't never go skydiving. It's like, I'm not going to 20,000 feet and jumping out of a plane. So I kind of ignored it, but it just kept pulling at me, man. It kept pulling at me. And you know how it is, man. When you just know something deep down that you're supposed to do or say, eventually, eventually, most of the time people give into that. Right. Yeah. So I did. And I went up 20,000 feet and I, I did the jump and it was the most experienced amazing experience that I've had in life, Uh, literally a spiritual experience, life-changing for me, because what it taught me and what it did for me was learning how to control fear, Mm. you know, which is the main thing that kept me prisoner pretty much my entire life, you know, and that week leading up to the jump was the (laughs) the most challenging weeks of my life. You know, but I went up and I did it, man. And uh, that opened up a a whole new world for me, you know, and I was on this high for several months. I was feeling good. A lot of the fears that I that I had, you know, went away. And what I learned is that the father, the creator, the universe definitely puts the very best things in life on the other side of fear. So that that sky jump was a, a tool to help me take my my journey to another level, if you will. Wow. And then fast forward, yeah, yeah, fast forward another month or two, and the spirit spoke again and said, hey, I want you to start a podcast. And again, no, I'm not starting a podcast. No, mm-hmm. I've always been a quiet dude, even though I've worked through a lot of these fears that I'm just, I'm not ready for all that. I'm just, no, no. So <laughs> damn near every day, just 
kept coming to me, start a podcast, start a podcast. So eventually I gave into it and December of 2020, the hidden gateway was born, man. And I tell you what, this year, this December will be three years and it's been one of the most amazing experiences in this life journey um, that, that I've had. It's taught me so much about myself. I've learned so much about other people and, and their beliefs and their experiences. And it's just been phenomenal, man. It's just been a phenomenal ride. It's been much more than I would have ever, ever dreamed of. I mean, I've had some, some phenomenal guests on my show mm -hmm. um, with some phenomenal conversations. And uh, it's just been, been life-changing for me, man. Wow, that's so beautiful. There's so many things we can go off of that. And I can totally relate. You know, my father was also not totally abusive, but I mean, I'm sure the generations in the past didn't really understand how to convey love and how to have a really true close knit family. So it was kind of like just surviving, like you said, off of fear or past traumas that we haven't resolved. And everything that you just said is amazing. Um, I just want to ask really quick before we get more into it. When you when you started those meditations, how long did it take before you actually could get into it? Because I know that whenever I also started meditating, it's, there's kind of like a learning curve where you kind of learn how to get into the zone mm -hmm. where you actually stop thinking. Um, how yeah. long was this process? And, and tell us about it. Oh, absolutely. So it, it took several weeks before I was able to finally hone in and, and get to the point where I was able to block thoughts out, right? So it, it does take time, as you said. However, I can tell you the very first time I meditated doing the gateway experience, I, I went into my closet. Um, right. and, and let me yes. back up a little let me let me back up a little bit. So in my closet, I I, I built and this was in in uh, probably around August, September of, of 2020, I built a, a well, you, I'm not a shrine, but uh, I like to call it a sacred place, yeah, right? Yes. Where I have, um, you know, my Metatron cubes. I have, you know, crystals. I have a sword. I have all these things. I have a, a statue of Archangel Michael. You know, I, it, so it's just my sacred place where I do my prayer and my meditation. So the very first time I, I went in that closet and, and, and meditated doing the, the Monroe Gateway experience, I did it. I did it for about 40 minutes. I come out the closet and I see these red sacred geometry shapes everywhere, like literally everywhere scattered throughout my room. I see them on, on the wall. I see them on my bed. I see them on the ceiling. I see them on the ground. My wife was sitting on the bed. They were all, they were even on her. Wow. There's a sacred geometry, you know, just, yeah. and I was just like, wow, this is something else. And, uh, that was the only time I experienced seeing that, but, Experiencing that told me, okay, it's something to this meditation thing, right? right? Because obviously this is something that I've never seen, ever experienced. So there, there is something going on here, you know, which, which, you know, was very intriguing. And that also led me to want to continue meditating and, and doing other meditations as well. And even getting, getting deeper into spirituality. Wow. Now, I was one of those kids that went to church literally three, four times a week. My mom was really into the church. In fact, she still is. She's a licensed evangelist. And so I've always believed in God and what I thought was heaven and what I thought was hell and what I thought of the devil and, and all that, you know. But once I began meditating and getting deeper and deeper to spirituality, I I got away from that traditional church sense of, of belief, if you will. Now, I still believe in God. The Father is within me. We we all are one with the Father, but some of my views change. But um, that that meditation really, starting that meditation really, you know, opened up that path for me. Well, that's awesome. I actually want to hear you break down that type of meditation, but I want to uh, share with you my experience. It's very similar. I can relate totally. I started doing these weird meditations, and similarly, like you, I grew up in a Christian household. We went to church. I went to the Christian youth group. We did everything that the church did uh, with events, likewise, helping kids. And so there was this time in my life where I started meditating. And I, like, like you, I kind of created a shrine. It wasn't like, not entirely a shrine, but a, a, a sacred space where I could like essentially alter your mind, which is, I think is what, what is really truly going on, altering your mind to see things through different perspectives. So I would play this kind of mystical music. I would light a candle. I would turn the lights off and, and look at a mirror. And then I would go into my mind and just kind of try to clear my thoughts. And similarly, like you, I would start having these kind of mystical, spiritual experiences, 
but they were not tainted with the Christian ideology or dogma that I was mm. um, programmed through through the church. It was more like um, personal, direct experience with God, and it didn't really have to do with, um, I don't know, just the dogma that they try to put in your mind in the church that we're sinners and that we're dirty and that we need to be cleansed by God, which some of it I do agree right. with, but it was much more of a personal direct experience without any of the brainwashing propaganda trying to manipulate my thoughts and and just with that uh, i want to i want to hear what is how does the gateway experience meditation work and, and can you guide us through it yeah absolutely so there are several there are several gateway meditations but i'll, I'll just give you an example of the the very beginning the very first meditation that you start with so the gateway meditation uses what are called binaural beats and those are simply beats that are two different beats, right? And, and the, the best way to do it is to use some type of earbuds. Right, right. So the, the binaural beats, you have one, one beat going into your left ear, the other going into the right ear. And then when they meet in your brain, if you will, for lack of a better term, what they do is create a third beat, okay? And then that third beat, along with the other two, they sync the left and right hemispheres of the brain and what this does is put you into a highly highly deep relaxed state so when we talk about being able to focus and block out any type of thought during meditation i tell you what this this really really helps do that right, right okay right. so you go into this this deep relaxed state and now this is a guided meditation okay and so the 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 beats come on and then you hear dr monroe robert remote Robert Monroe on there talking and he kind of takes you through the process of telling you to relax and then he you go through the process of asking for help and protection as you go along your meditation journey and then he talks maybe for about five minutes and then you know he, he goes away and then it's just you and the binaural beats and then this is when things get a little little freaky if you will right, you know right. in, in regards to where I am at now in my meditation journey so it only takes me maybe 10, 15 minutes before I'm out of body, literally, wow. you know, because I've been doing it for so for so many years. But, you know, you you know, for me personally, I've traveled, I mean, to different dimensions. I've seen entities. I've had some amazing experiences. Uh, in fact, I can share one with you. And you, you may have heard this one before, but I typically meditate at night. And I remember this was a, a Saturday morning and I, I meditated that Friday night. But when I, I woke up, maybe about seven o'clock in the morning, I felt this urge to go meditate. I'm like, no, I just did that like last night. I, I don't do them in the morning. I, you know, no need to do it again. But again, I have this pull, right? Go meditate. So I get up, go into the closet. I noticed that my pillow wasn't in there. You know, I said, okay, well, let me go get my pillow. By this time, my wife awakened and she, she but before I even came out the, the closet, the spirit spoke and said, you're going to Utah. Mm. I said, Utah. And I said, okay. So I go get my pillow. And for whatever reason, my wife asked me, well, where are you going? And I just kind of looked at her. Like, why would you be asking me where I'm going at seven o'clock in the morning? I'm not, you know, but it was just like, she sensed something was going to happen, you know, or something like that. So I uh, went back, got my pillow, went back in my closet, turned on the meditation you know, I go through the through the initial process, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm out of body. I'm at this lake and it's winter time. Snow everywhere. Lake is, you know, I don't, the lake wasn't all the way frozen, but it was, you know, it was, it was almost there. And I see this guy in the distance and he's cold, naked and afraid. So I approach him, right? And I'm talking to him and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with him. And we had this this communication, this conversation that was nonverbal, because again, I'm in spirit. So it was as if my spirit was talking to his spirit. Mm -hmm. And as his spirit was talking, it began to say that this person was uh, at his wit's end and about to commit suicide, you know, and um, he, this, this person begins telling me that he's having issues with his kid's mother that she's bipolar, she won't take her meds, they have a, you know, this new baby, and he's just having difficulty dealing with her, and all these crazy things, and hey, I'm going to jump in this lake, I don't know how to swim, is what he's telling me, and I'm trying to talk him down, and, you know, I, I 
an interesting thing happened where I was able to transfer like my energy to him to help keep him warm. That was like pretty amazing to me. And, you know, I, I finally convinced him to call the police. So he calls the police. So in the meditation, again, is going on this entire time, even though I've left my body. And then I, I hear Monroe come back on. So I'm like, damn, okay. The meditation is about to end. So I feel this nervous feeling because I want to be able to stay there right. until the police comes just to make sure he's safe. But I know as soon as that meditation stops, I'm going to be back in body yeah. just like that. So I see about three or four police cars coming with their sirens on. And, you know, I said, oh, good. Thanks. He's going to be he's going to be good. So the meditation ends. The tape goes off the recording and, you know, I'm back in body. And, you know, I went and I told my wife about it and it was like, wow, you know, that was crazy. And we were both trying to figure out the meaning of that experience. Fast forward about two weeks later, a very good friend of mine, in fact, the same friend that introduced me to the gateway meditation experience, he says, hey, Jay, I have this this guy. He's he's been down on his luck. Um, I want you to be a mentor to him. I want you to help him out and just speak with him. I'm going to schedule a Zoom for you guys to to talk. I said, cool, man. Yeah, that's what I do. No, no worries at all. And so I tell you what, man, I turned on that Zoom, got on there, and I kid you not, it was the same guy wow. on that Zoom wow. that I that I saw at the lake. Wow. I kid you not, man. man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and of course I'm not gonna say, hey man, I saw you at a lake, you know. You know, he's, you know this, that's right. crazy. I'm not, I'm not gonna mention it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm not gonna say that to the guys. No, I'm not. And then so I talked to him, and come to find out, just like I found out during my out of body experience, him and his girl were having issues, and this, that, and next. And at this point, he was homeless because she kicked him out, and he was living in a van in the woods, and and things like that. And then uh, I talked back to my friend and I tell I told my friend and he said, my friend asked me, well, did you tell him? I said, no, man, I didn't do that. So me and the guy, we do another Zoom like a week later or whatever it was. And he goes, hey, man, such and such told me that we may have met before. I'm like, oh, did he tell you that? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, man, that was me. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he told me they lived in Texas. And they were in the process of moving to Washington State. So they did this cross-country drive. And along the way, they stopped in Utah. And wow. in Utah, in, at the lake, in the dead of winter, they had like this huge blow up, this huge argument. And he was like right at the edge, the point of wanting to take his life. But it didn't happen, um, obviously. And I was just kind of blown, blown, blown away by that. And... You know, I consider that guy a, a really good friend now. And like I said, when we met, he was homeless and living in the woods and uh, wasn't able to see his daughter. She kept his daughter from him. But, uh, man, I tell you what, this guy gets his daughter every weekend now. He has a place to live. He has a job that he likes. And, and you know, his life is uh, he made a complete pivot, man. And he's doing damn good. So um, I don't attribute that to me and, and what I did for him. Um, he did it himself, but I did help him and just kind of guide him. But he, he did all the work. And, uh, you know, that just goes to show that because I made a decision in my life to to heal myself, I am now being used to help heal others, whether that be, you know, that one-on-one -on -one counseling mentorship that I have with him as, as well as others or through my podcast or even my, my nonprofit, Tangelic. Wow. So um, that, that just kind of brings things full circle when I said at the beginning that, you know, I found my purpose, stepped into my purpose. You know, life is much different. I've learned how to deal with fear and, 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 and different challenges. And, you know, before, you know, all this started in 2020, man, I was just one of those guys, go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Mm -hmm. Didn't really have any extra extracurricular activities, doing anything for myself. It was just caught up in the rat, rat race, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this meditation and this spirituality has has really, really brought things to light for me and put me in a position to leave my, my footprint on humanity, which is just phenomenal to me. That's an amazing story. See, and it's stories like those that reaffirm to me that reality truly is stranger than fiction. And, and then you can say that, though. But the sad thing is you kind of have to create an environment like this where we can actually speak and talk about things like this, because like you said, 
if we were to just tell this story to some random person, they'll knock us off as crazy, making things up. But I truly feel that these things exist in these stories such as clairvoyance or um, astral projection. These things have been around for thousands of years and many cultures talk about them. It's just, yes. to me, it's hilarious how because of media and movies and society, we've been programmed to think that those things are just woo-woo or, or just for insane, crazy people. But no, I think that truly we all have these gifts and abilities, but they've been suppressed in us through, through media and through society and through just being a zombie of going to work every day and coming home and just consuming. Well said, well said. That, that's very true. I couldn't agree more. Uh, the good thing on the flip side of that is I'm sure you're well aware is that you have more and more people today more than ever that are that are waking up to truth, yeah. you know, and realizing that not everything is as it seems, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was one lesson I learned. This had to be back in 2016 where I had a, you know, I had some things going on in life and I had a rough day at work. So I came home from work and I went upstairs into my bedroom, sat on my bed and I asked the father for truth. And I heard a voice uh, audible, just like you and I are talking. And the father said, nothing is as it seems. And from there, that really was maybe the start of me going down the quote unquote rabbit hole, mm. learning about truth, learning about governments and, and ways of the world. And it's like, literally, I mean, I know this literally, literally nothing Nothing whatsoever in this world is as it seems. And it ties in very well to what you said. They don't want people to know truth and knowledge and ancient knowledge, the type of knowledge, like you said, that has been, you know, utilized by civilizations dating back thousands of years. You know, they want to they want to control us. They want us to live in this fear society. I mean, we've we've seen that over the last three years with with the jab and, and with the this this fake pandemic mess going on if you will and you know and but see that's the thing the more people fear the more they're able to push their plan forward right. they they what they do is they they literally feed off of that energy of of fear they mm -hmm. feed off of it right and now right now i believe that they are scared because they have we have more and more people waking up and, and recognizing the BS. So it's making things a bit harder for them. Well, actually a lot harder for them. Right. So I'm just very proud of humanity at this point uh, for, for stepping up and standing in their truth. Right. And I'm proud of you. And I truly believe it's people like you who are putting their message out there. Everyone wants to talk about how are we going to destroy the new world order? What are the plans? Who do we take down? But I truly believe it is just individuals living their best life, trying to become their best versions and being a testimony to others to show that there is a way to be happy, even though you're going through the worst of shit. There is a way to to have that mindset of growth. And um I want to turn, like I said, I wanted to turn your intro as a scaffolding to, to ask you questions about how you feel or how you've come to understand this reality. So when you start off your show, I love how you say to answer is human, to question is divine. What does this mean to you, Justin? Well, to answer is human and the question is divine is you have to be able to ask a question before you provide an answer. Right. Mm -hmm. So that means when you question something that is divine, because, again, we live in this fake world and nothing is as it seems. So it truly is the ones that have that divine spark, that divine light within them and allow that to make it work for them are the ones that are questioning the narrative. Yeah, you know, exactly. it, and so on the flip side of that, you know, it's it's you know, everybody wants to have the answers. And like you said. You know, oh, people talk, say, oh, you know, the in, in the New World Order, the NWO. I tell you what, the light, we are the New World Order. Mm. We are the people that are going to change things and make this a, a, a better world as we go into this fifth dimension, man. You know, we, we are the light. We You know, it, and people always get on the, the doom and gloom. And I, I tell people all the time, man, don't do that. Right. You know, don't do it. You know, don't think we're, we're spiritual warriors, man. We're, we're not just going to lay down. You know, it's easy to say that, but, you know, we, we got this, man. You know, we, we won. The battle and the victory is already ours, you know, and we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to fight. So, you know, all the doom and gloom, I say, yeah, you can't, don't give dark side all that credit, man. What about the light, man? Yeah. We, you yeah. know, we just not going to go down like that, you know, so. 
It's yet, just about standing up and standing in truth and, and being led by the Spirit, man. Yeah, true, brother. I totally get it. Sometimes I myself get into the black pill type of uh, mentality. I'm like, no, 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 you can't go down that path because that's exactly what they want. And, and I love how you also said it's the, the questioning. That's the thing I've noticed from most truthers or people who are actually on the path. They actually question things. Like, I love how you, throughout the whole statement of your intro, it's kind of like just questioning, where, who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? And it's sad, but most people, they don't even look at these basic questions. They're kind of just living off of the momentum of their daily lives. And they never really stop to introspect and to see, okay, where did I come from? I know I came from my parents, but where did my parents and where did all of this reality that we live in, where did it all come from? And, and then right. once you go down that rabbit hole, you start, okay, there must be something supernatural, spiritual, something greater than all of us that actually created it. And then that's, that's the type of mentality that I feel is more enlightening to people, like you said, to help us evolve and grow. And it's beautiful because going off of, I think, your last episode, you had that guy who, who studied uh, criminals and, and their mentality and how these people think. And I truly do feel that there is evil in the world. But my question to you now would be, do you think, Justin, that some people are just broken or do you think that they're made broken by the system? Well, I think it's a combination of both. You know, um, I, I'm the one that, that has a knowing that, you know, not everyone has a soul. Um, you know, as we, as we live in this reality, there are <clears throat> characters that are put in place to implement and cause chaos and confusion. Mm -hmm. You know, this is truly a matrix that we live in. Uh, you know, when you talk about NPCs and, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, everything walking around in this reality with uh, two legs, two arms and a, and a head on its shoulders is, is not human. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just simply not. And um, I've learned that through you know, my out-of-body experiences, as well as talking to, to other people that, uh, that have done the same. Um, you know, I sat with ayahuasca for three nights in the desert back in 21 and received so many downloads um, in, in regards to that. Um, at the end of the day, what we're dealing with here is spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. You know, whether people want to um, accept that or not, um, it, it truly is spiritual warfare. There are unseen forces that have plans for this planet, for the people of this planet. And uh, they are trying to stop those that are here to serve humanity in a, in a positive way. You know, you have these energies and these forces that do, you know, they, they jump timelines, mm. if you will. Mm. You know, they can be at, at any point in time, history of this planet, pretty much at any time they want. And they look for these individuals that have been sent here to to bring the light and to bring the truth and they, they try to disrupt that uh that plan man uh, and that may sound crazy and far out to a lot of people but uh, again that is that is my truth and uh, you know i i stand on that one 100 oh no i totally agree because as i grew up throughout my life i would ask myself all all the time why do the good guys get murdered like who who listens to a martin luther king speech or a John F. Kennedy's speech and says, oh, no, screw that guy. We're gonna, we need to kill him. And it, to me, it never really made sense. At first, I would try to think maybe it's money, it's uh, politics. But to me, now that I've gone through all these rabbit holes, it truly is at the end of the day that there is evil trying to like uh, oppress and destroy the good that is in humanity. And then you start looking into the oppressor and what, are these, what is this evil force that's trying to take us down and why? If, if I may ask, uh, I, you say you grew up in a, in a Christian household. What is your opinion now of what the universal creator is and the opposing force that's kind of essentially trying to stamp out all that is good? Oh, uh, great question, my friend. Great question. So um, the universe creator, you know, that that's one name. You know, I, I call it the father, universe, source, things like that. Um, it, in one word, it, it's love. You know, it's an energy of love, or I should say it's it's based in love. It's a lot, but I think it's based in love. It's its main pillar is is without love. Um, I mean, it's with love. Mm. I apologize. But um the creator, the universal creator, man, it's 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 not only love, but man, it's the air we breathe, it's it's the the ocean we see, it's the wind we hear, it's the the um the, the ground that we walk on, 
you know, it's, it's literally within everything, mm-hmm. you know, that energy, energy is with, within everything. As we know, energy doesn't die. Energy transfers, you know, but it, it never dies. So when you think about the father, the creator, it, it's, it's, it's whatever you imagine it to be, man. You know, whatever you imagine to be along the lines of, of light and divinity and love and positivity, man, it's, it's really no limits, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what it means to me, but it can mean different to the next man and it's really no rights or wrongs in it it's it's and that's the beautiful thing about it and that's the free will that we're given by the creator because we are one with the creator so we have the ability to create in our mind what we think it to be and 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 that and that's right that's good because we are one with the that creator creating that that reality in our mind now when we talk about the opposite end of the spectrum we talk about satan or the dark energy I believe that to be obviously a dark energy that was created at some point in history or in time uh, to come here and go against everything that the father has in plan or in, in place. You know, pr- pretty pretty simple as that. And this thing is um, <laughs> a lot more clever, um, a lot more witty, uh, a lot more smart than uh, than I think most people realize. Right. You know, um, this this thing has the ability to um, possess you. Um, it has the ability to possess your entire bloodline as well. You know, when we when 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 the medical community talks about intergenerational trauma, you know, all that is is a is a dark energy that's passed on from one generation to the next. Mm. And that's why you see some of these families that are just so dysfunctional for generations and generations. And no one doing uh, in that bloodline has, you know, stepped up and say, "Hey, it stops here with me," mm. you know, because they're so caught up into to what they know, and that may be all they know. But at the end of the day, that's a dark energy running through that bloodline, holding that family back from stepping into their purpose and knowing their higher self and leaving their footprint on humanity. So when we talk about religion, you know, I definitely believe that that was created to be used as a form of control Mm -hmm. and um you know with that said people are waking up to that and we're just going to continue to wake up and to continue to do what's right on behalf of the light right yeah that's so powerful and it's so true and it might be sound cringy when people say i'm not religious i'm spiritual but that truly is a thing because to me likewise i feel religions are just institutionalized systems that have been created to kind of just like you said control people keep them within certain boundaries through certain ways of thinking and not letting them to personally and truly experience god like you did like in your closet or people do when they're meditating it's like a a mechanism to keep you within these walls kind of like these brick walls that they maintain you within and and it's our job to destroy them and to say no i think there's something more to this here and i'm not going to just uh, live my life through these pre-prescribed ideals that I must follow. And uh, I guess this kind of perfectly segues into my next question that you kind of pose in your intro, which is how do we evolve to a higher state? And to like bring that to the idea that you mentioned that some families are kind of just have this inner, inner, inner like life trauma throughout their lifetimes. How does one evolve to a higher state and end it with them and not pass it on to the next generation? Well, typically when people are not in a higher state, not vibrating at a high level, they're, they're kind of in that low frequency. Um, they experience a lot of a lot of chaos and confusion in their life. And that comes from within, that comes from family and friends, that comes from, uh, you know, maybe uh, with them being um, a result would be like bad health, all types of things. So in, in regards to evolving, you have to put yourself in a position to be very vulnerable right um i think a lot of people out in this world they think they have it together and you know um they they don't need help you know um they don't need other people they a lot of people say hey i got this Uh, especially a lot of men you know when it comes to say for example mental health i think that's changed a lot over the last couple years here but uh typically men or even the black community man i'm I'm a black man and i know in, in my community in my culture you know, uh, you know, when when you speak on mental health, it's like, pff, ain't nobody wants to talk about it, right? right They're like, right. oh, you're weak, you're a sucker, th- this and that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it's, 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 it's rough within, you know, the black community. But um, again, you have to be very vulnerable. You have to look, be willing to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, um, 
things with me are not right. I need to do some things differently in order to, to feel different and to be different in my life. And then, you know, whether one reaches out for some type of counseling, um, I always recommend meditation as well. That meditation is so key, man. Um, it, I told you my story, but I know so many other people that began med meditating and have had some pretty awesome life uh, changing experiences where they uh, vibrate higher. What you have to do is, at the end of the day, reprogram your mind, mm. you know. But it's so because hard for people, Justin. I feel like some people just have that, that I don't know, that they're in a rut and it seems like they can't get out. And it truly takes something either supernatural, like in the experiences you've had, or maybe even psychedelics or something to kind of mm -hmm. be the catalyst to, to get that those wheels turning to like to say, I'm not going to do this the same anymore. I need to change. But it's so hard. Why do you think it's so hard for people? Because people are programmed to believe what they what they've always believed. And people are comfortable and people don't like mm. uh, being uncomfortable because when you go through that work of, of changing and vibrating, uh, you got to you gotta peel back the layers, man. And, and a lot of times when you start peeling those layers back, you may not like what you find. Mm. You know, you may, you may discover, hey, man, I've been a shitty person or I, I thought I was a good dad. I'm not. I thought I was a good husband or wife, but I'm, but I'm not. I can, I can improve in these areas. You have to be real with yourself, you know, mm. and, and that's hard to do. Right. Like that is probably one of the most hardest things in the world for people to do to really be honest with themselves about who they are. Exactly. Because we're programmed to have this sense of perfection almost. Mm -hmm. It's like we're told that, okay, we come into this world, you go to school, you have to graduate, you have to go to college, you have to get a good job, you have to be married, you have to have kids, you have to do this, you have to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And when people fall short of that, it, it can be hard on them, you know? I mean, we've all met, like, for example, I'm not picking on ladies, but you know, a woman that may be in her 30s or 40s and she's not married yet, you know, because mm -hmm. she can't find a man and that can affect a, a female psychologically, yeah. right? But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm here to say, hey, that's okay. That's not that's not your, your purpose or your journey at this moment in your life. If it's meant for you to be married and have a partner, you will, mm -hmm. you know, but maybe you have to do some things different. Maybe you have to go within. Uh, maybe you have to work some things out from you. And I tell you what, man, there are so many people out here that are traumatized and don't even know it. So many people need healing from trauma. I mean, most people experience some type of trauma, and typically the trauma comes in their youth while they're kids, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you see it nowadays, too. I mean, how many kids have, were freaking molested, man? You know, or, or you know, dealing with... And, you know, I'm, I don't have anything against, like, gay people or transsexuals or anything like that, um, but... You know, you 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 have a it's like this section, this pocket in, in society nowadays that are that are really pushing for kids to have gender mm -hmm. gender uh, reassignment. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, the parents are saying things like, "Oh, my kid's gay," and he's like three because he told me he's gay, and he's acting like this and that. So they they push for this kid to transform. Well, how do you think that kid is going to feel in ten, fifteen, twenty years when he becomes an adult and starts to feel like, "Oh, I'm trapped in this body." You know, but that's not really who I am. But I've been programmed or, or pushed, you know, to, to feel this way. And that's going to cause issues, man. And I'm sorry, maybe kind of getting in or off into a whole nother direction. No, you're good. There, you're but... good, brother. You're good. <laughs> but, I man, it. it's, just, it, it's just so much in this world, man, that, that affects us. And, you know, so much that's against us as humanity that, you know, it is hard. But once again, man, you, you, you have to do that inner work, you know, and, you know, sometimes people go through thing, something called dark night of the soul, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, it, it's all about working, working on you within and it has to start with you in order for you to then um, vibrate at a higher level. Yeah, it's so true, brother. That's such a great answer. People's own willingness to be uncomfortable. And I've noticed also the best things, like you said, also, the best things are always on the other side of something that we're afraid of. Like you said, fear or being uncomfortable. If you want to yep. get strong, you have to go through pain to, to lift weights and, and learn. If you want to be strong mentally, you have to go through the uncomfortableness of studying and looking up and reading. And if you want to overcome fear, you have to be willing to go on an airplane and jump off of it. It's like, <laughs> like you said, it's really hard. And people, I, I've seen you have great guests. And one thing I learned from RFK is 
they asked him, what is the most important quality in a human being? And he said, it, it is to have a moral compass, to be able to yes. stand up and say, this is wrong, even when the whole world's against you. And it's like, people don't have that anymore. They don't have that conviction to be morally, uh, to do the right thing, to point out hypocrisy or tyranny or treachery. And we've been so programmed, exactly like you said, and, and it's people's, how do you think we can make it, I know it's not, we can't make uncomfortableness easy, but how do we, how do we bring people to, to be more honest with themselves? Well, I, I think it's going to happen due to what happens in the world. You know, we've experienced a lot of darkness in this world, specifically over the last three years here. I think we're, it's going to be a, a lot more darkness to come. You know, um, when we talk about the financial system collapsing, um, when we thought when we talk about, um, you know, death from from the jab, uh, where, where more and more people lose uh, family, friends and loved ones. You know, I, I think it's it's going to be a point where things in this world get just so crazy where people are not going to know where to turn or what to do. And they're going to look up one day and say, damn. What the hell is going on here? Hmm. You know, and then I, I believe that when that time comes, there will be several, maybe even many leaders um, around the world doing the things that you and I do that are going to lead these people into a new life, a new spiritual life, if you will, hmm. for themselves. I think when that time comes, more people than ever will be willing to try something that they've never tried or never considered in the hope for peace. And at the end of the day, that's really what we all want, right? We want right. peace in our finances. We want peace in our relationships. We want peace in our career. You know, that's what the human spirit longs for. It's just peace, man. Right. You know, and peace again is light, it's love. It's a, it's a high vibrating frequency. Uh, so so I think, oh, sorry, go sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to cap it off and say, I, I, I believe that's what it's going to be, man. I think it's just going to be a little more doom and gloom, you know, not forever. But, you know, humanity will will suffer uh, a, a bit more. And it's going to get to a point where people are going to say, hey, you know, we got, we got to do something different here. Right, right. And like we were kind of talking earlier, uh, we don't want to get people into the black pill mentality. But, yeah, I do feel like you said we're going to have to go through the birthing process, which seems painful, which seems uh, deadly, where there's screaming and yelling and blood everywhere. But at the end of the day, of there, there's a new baby and there's life and there's hope and possibilities for great change. And again, I always feel, I truly feel that the people who are speaking out, putting their voice out, are kind of the modern shamans, the people who are out on the fringe, who are willing to say the things that people don't want to say, who are willing to live a life that is not conventional to most. And this is the new type of shaman that's kind of just helping people to see that their reality is an illusion, that they're being put in this simulation that's, that's, that's dwindling them, that's keeping them from becoming basically a superhero. I think we all, like for example, people like Steve Irwin, you might think, oh, a guy who just loves animals, but he kind of changed the world. He made a huge name off of himself out of just pulling what was out inside of him, you know, love for, for nature and for the animals and, and wildlife. And, and there's these people who come along throughout the world who, who seemingly do like small things, but there eventually comes a time where they kind of change the world through just living their life and their purpose. Well said, man. I love that. I love that. And just to circle back to what I said and you said in regards to, you know, things getting a little more dark and, and coming up, I think one thing that people have to realize is that nothing in life happens against you. Things happen for you. And, you know, that can be hard to accept, especially when you're going through things. And that's why I typically say things aren't, aren't bad. I always call things a challenge, what most people would call bad, because at the end of the day, that that's all it really is. I mean, it can't be bad if it somehow, some way works in your favor. Mm -hmm. And well, people would say, well, Justin, what if a parent loses a kid? You know, how, how, what good comes from that? Well, A, if this child was suffering, say, from like cancer or something, it's, it's at peace now, mm -hmm. you know? Or say if a, a kid gets shot and, you know, something like that, well, Justin, what good can come from that? Well, you know, 
This can cause family to become closer. Mm -hmm. um, this can cause families to look at things different. Events like that can can change a bloodline, a generation as well. So maybe that kid was a sacrifice for that. I don't know, but um, you know, it, it all starts with with your mindset and and how you choose to view reality. Because again, I mean, we're we're only here for a blink of an eye, man. I mean, it, it, this isn't even the real life. You know, the real life is 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 on the other side in the spiritual world. You know, we come here to learn and we come here to help and love, you know, and uh, as long as we do that and know that there will be certain challenges while we're here and those challenges won't be easy. But if we continue to push through, well, then, hey, we, we have nothing to worry about. And that's the type of mindset that I would love more and more people to have. Yeah, so true, brother, because the same like me growing up, I would question what good comes from a kid die, dying from a drive-by? And I would, like, question God or whatever, be mad at him. But then, like mm -hmm. you said, the more you pay attention, like you said, sometimes the parents for the, from these kids, they become activists to actually help the community and, and give back right. and help stop the people that actually go out and commit this, these drive-bys and stuff. And it's like you said, you gotta you got to really step back and look at the whole picture and not just pinpoint and try to criticize these little things that happen in these parts of the world. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love everything you've done, brother, and I commend you again because as we come to a close, uh, I, I've noticed that the greats, the people who are really paying attention, they start taking notes and they eventually write a book. And so you wrote a book. It's titled The Eye of the Father, A Memoir of Faith and Redemption. Tell us a little bit about it and your process for writing that book, please. Absolutely. So, yeah, In the Eye of the Father, um, Faith and Redemption, man, it's, it's my memoir. So essentially, it's my life story. And um, uh, that was something else that came to me in late 2020, where I was led to write a book. And, uh, you know, again, I, I pushed away from that, saying, no, 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 I'm not going to put my life story out there. Right. But eventually, obviously, I, I wound up doing that. But I would like to think the book is a template, right, for people to use and to take key points away. And some of those key points would be exactly what I just mentioned a minute ago, um, regardless of what you go through, it's a purpose in it. So I, I spoke on some of the issues and things I dealt with um, when I was a kid at the hands of my father. But you know what? I wouldn't be where I am today without experiencing everything I experienced. And, you know, I talk about, and I go in very graphic detail and regarding some of the type of the uh, abuse that, that I encountered. I'm talking things where my dad, back in the 80s, there was these belts that were like three, four inches thick. He used to wrap those around my neck and, and drag me through the house. Oh, my God. Um, he used to wrap them around my ankles when I was like four or five and, and literally hang me upside down for like two, three hours at a time. Uh, I remember when I was in middle school, he poured, poured boiling hot oil over my scalp uh, made my hair fall out and I couldn't even cry because he told me not to cry and uh, you know I had to keep that in until I got in the shower and then once I got in the shower I couldn't hold it any, any longer and he did that because I didn't take a shower it was in the summertime and before he left out for work he told me to make sure I take a shower and I didn't you know because I was outside playing <laughs> things like that and he came home and I told him I didn't take a shower so he he did that man but um, you know I mean, what what better story, though, man, than a, that a kid that experiences all this abuse and he grows up to be this introverted guy who, who, who has all this fear that he deals with on a daily basis. And then in 2020, in his adult life, he decides to um, combat a lot of those fears and issues that he had and starts a podcast, writes a book and you know, sits with ayahuasca and have these spiritual experiences, these out-of-body experiences, and now here he is helping helping people um, step into their purpose, man. And, you know, that's been my journey, and I thank God for that journey each and every day. I really do, but that was a necessary journey in order for me to do what I'm doing and, and to do what I'm going to do in the future with, with, my, uh, with my various projects. That's amazing. Again, like who would ask for that kind of life? Like who would say, I want to be that. I want to be the kid dragged around the house. But again, like you said, and I've heard many say, the people who've been in war and t terrible things, they say, I wouldn't not go through that because that, like you said, that made me the person that I am now. It made them more stronger, more powerful. 
And it's it's beautiful and sad because, Justin, you could have got repeated that cycle that your dad did. You could have had done that to your kids, but you decided, no, you know, there needs to be a change. And you committed. And exactly. You, and now your testimony, it, it's helped me so much, brother. And I'm sure it's helped so many countless others. And this is how we change the new world order. It's not through making meetings, <clears throat> through planning who to bomb or kill. It's just live your life the best way you can evolve your consciousness have that growth mindset where you can see even the beauty in, in the most ugliest of things and i commend you brother and i love you thank you brother that means the world to me man and, and thank you so much for for having me as a guest on your show man you you're doing an awesome thing and i know you're just going to continue to grow and, and help people and, and bring awareness man you you're doing exactly what you you're supposed to do so man hats off to you brother Thank you, brother. So as we close, uh, po I mean, just a shout out, anything that you want people to check out. How do they find your book, your podcast, your Instagram, all that good stuff, please? Yeah, in, in the eye of the father, redemption of faith, um, that can be found on Amazon, man. People can buy it on Amazon. Uh, my podcast, I drop a new episode every every Thursday. Um, I'm on all the major podcast streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, etc. Had a lot of a lot of great guests on there, such as uh, you know David Ike and Robert Kennedy Jr., Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, yeah. Tommy Chung, Chris Voss, uh, Sam Richard Dolan, Sam Tripoli. Yeah, yeah. So it's been fun. Um, yeah, so you can find the podcast on any any platform. Um, have YouTube as well. I don't put all my episodes on there because I have to be careful. You know how that goes. Yeah. Cause they try, they try to silence you on there. Right. Um, I'm very active on Instagram as well. So my Instagram handle is hidden underscore gateway. Uh, you can check me out there too. Uh, I have a website, hidden gateway, hidden gateway.com and, uh, email support at the hidden gateway.com. If people want to want to chat, please so. go follow him guys. All the links will be down below. And, and this is the stuff that you need to be consuming instead of Netflix, Disney, all that literal garbage. Look and seek out things that grow your mindset and make you unfold yourself into the person that you should be instead of just brainwashed by all this trash. And um, thank you, Justin. God bless you, your family, everything you do. May your endeavors go great. And uh, hopefully we do this some other time again, brother. Hey, man, I'm all for it, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. This was Justin Williams from The Hidden Gateway. Remember, know thyself, improve thyself, Find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. That was my episode with Justin Williams from the Hidden Gateway podcast. Such a great guy. And I'm sorry I hadn't posted in a while. Uh, I've been busy with life. And uh, I got another job. I'm working a whole lot more. And I still want to hang out with my family after. So I don't have much time to de dedicate to this. Even though I know I should, you know, I should be able to space out some time, but I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of it already. You know, I kind of figured out my mission. I figured out what I wanted to do with this podcast, which was to talk to awesome people and listen to their story of awakening and hopefully giving you some insight into how people do it and how it's possible. And now I'm, I have other things that I'm planning now in my life as I'm entering this middle stage. But I don't want to bore you with that. I might have to do a different podcast where I don't have to spend so much time and I can just maybe give you all some of my quick ideas that I have of my own. But to close out this episode, since Justin was talking about the experience he had in his closet, I kind of did a similar thing. I, I kind of mentioned it on the show. I kind of created a shrine and in my room. I would darken it out. I had a mirror, a really cool looking mirror that I put in front of my drawer and I had candle, candle, it had like little stands so I would put a candle, I put like some special rocks or crystals that I found on another one. I would write down maybe a, a Bible verse and I would put it on the other section and just basically a shrine for spiritual meditational purposes and I, I didn't I got this idea for myself like I didn't find it in a book or I didn't get the idea from a movie or anything it was just something that was born out of me naturally which I found interesting now and so I would look at the mirror I would focus on my forehead like my third eye and I would try to block out all input and all information that was coming into me and I would just try to let kind of reality fade away and then I would close my eyes 
I would have already the tip of my tongue on the roof of my mouth, meditating intently in the center of my mind, and I would play this song that I'm going to play out with that I don't know. Oh, okay. I got it from a documentary called... Okay, I had to look it up, guys, because it's I've watched it a long time ago, and I couldn't remember the name. But the documentary series comes from a... It's a kind of a studio production, a production studio called Hashem Films. And the name of the documentary is The Arrivals. Now, it's on YouTube, but you have to find it through either Bing, using Bing.com, or what's the other one? A DuckDuckGo. Type in Hashem Films, The Arrivals. And it's this super long-ass documentary. It's like eight hours long. But in this documentary... Uh, there's a bunch of good information and they play a lot of music from, let me look it up. It's from the movie The Fountain, which is a great movie. If you love what I post and talk about, you'd love that. And they post this song too. And I guess I got it from there and I would use it for this purpose of, like I said, meditation. And it's called Ashes to Ashes by Hans Zimmer. He's a great composer. He makes a lot of songs for movies, and this was from the movie Black Hawk Down. And um, it has a really Middle Eastern type of vibe, and it, it really has the capacity and the ability to quickly put you into like an altered state. It's really trippy. I, I don't even know how I figured this out and I connected it all together, but I essentially created this ritual that I would do. Like I said, look in the mirror and then let reality kind of fade away and then just focus in the center of my mind with this music once I actually achieved an out-of-body experience. And I'll probably talk about that some other episode, or if you want to hear about it, send me a special message on Instagram. I am truth.in.media, or you can email me at bricksinthewallpodcast at gmail. And remember, guys, if you like the show, Follow me on Spotify. Uh, you can click the follow button and you can also, I forget, I think there's another button to get notifications on when there's a new episode. I'm going to try to be a little bit more consistent or maybe just quit altogether. We'll see what happens. But I hope you like the show. This is Ashes to Ashes by Hans Zimmer. Peace.
Peace.